What's up, everyone? It's Nurse Blake. You look like a news anchor. Who, me? Yeah, you're like, <gasps> I'm like uh, Chaz Storm. Oh, my gosh. What's that movie that um, the comedian is in? The comedian. Oh, the comedian? Yeah, the I comedian. Have no so Which funny. Comedian? I don't know what comedian. There's uh, so many comedians. Also, in the, he was in the Ice Blade movie. Um, the roller skate ice skating movie. No idea. Really, so no funny. He used to be in about. SNL. Will Ferrell. SNL. Oh, Will Ferrell, the news anchor. Oh, uh, Ron Burgundy. Funny. Where did you get your name from? Chaz Storm. Yeah. I just made it. It sounded like a weatherman. Oh, with Chaz Storm. Chaz Storm could be a drag queen. Oh, maybe. It, oh it could be my drag, drag name. queen name. Chaz. No, we should go over drag queen names. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Welcome to episode five of the Nurse Blake podcast. This is the big gate episode. We're going to be talking about our coming out stories and what that was like. And I'm kind of nervous, but kind of happy and excited to share it. I'm excited. I've, yeah, this will be interesting. I don't know if I've ever really like vocalized my coming out story. I'm Except excited you. for you to share it. Well, yeah. it's not something we talk about all the time. No. Yeah, who would I? I have something in my eye, but it's totally fine. You look beautiful. Thank you. It'll be fine. What could it be? <laughs> what is it? It's fine. It's Wait, totally. Let me, let me look. It's fine. It's fine. How are you doing today? I'm good. On a scale of zero to ten. Uh, an eleven. Wow. No, zero to ten. Yeah. An no, zero to ten. Mm -hmm. That's nurse's biggest pet peeve when you're like, what's your pain on scale of like zero to five? And they're like 15. Like it's like, no, it's like zero <laughs> to 10. I'm like jittery today. Number one, kind of nervous about this podcast, Aww. but also because I had too much coffee. That'll do I it. I have to stick with my one. I had probably too much of my Celsius energy drinks. Not brought to you by Celsius. How are those? It's so good. This one is, what's it Fuji say? apple pear. It's so crisp. It's a new flavor. Yum. Isn't that good? With vodka, yum. Well, it'd be better with uh, this one doesn't have um, vodka, but no, it's kind of that it's kind of tart. It's well it's got a well, it's the apple. Ugh. It's got a little after. Ugh. They also have now peach vibe for summer. Ooh, and that I, is a really I am cute on a can. Boat every time I drink it. It is that a thing. cute can. It's super cute. It's got a little flamingo on it. Growing up, I want to know if you were team Backstreet Boys or Team and Sync. You know what's funny? I wasn't necessarily team either. I listened to a bunch of alternative music. You weren't into boy bands? No. Well, were Isn't you into weird? any alt bands? Um, like Pearl Jam and like yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah, like all the alternative music. Like end of high school was kind of when the boy bands were a big thing. Okay. And I just wasn't listening to it that so much. Funny. So I don't I mean I remember like Bye bye bye. Bye bye. Right. Right, right, right. No, I, I remember the song. Okay, okay. I don't know if you didn't remember. <laughs> I I think my actually my first concert was Backstreet Boy. Ah, uh, just kidding. My first concert was actually the Spice Girls. Oh, fun. Funny story. So <laughs> I went to Wilson Elementary here in Sanford, and my Where's first Sanford? partner girlfriend was what? in second grade. Melanie, and she's actually a nurse now. So funny, oh Facebook friends. And she <laughs> had her mom take us on a date, and I went to see the Spice Girls. So we went to go see the Spice Girls. Hold up, we've been together for ten years, <laughs> and I had no idea that you had like a 
what grade was it? Second grade. A second grade girlfriend. Yes, That is huge news. You can't drop that bomb on me in front of all these people Funny listening. Funny Spice Girls. Wow. She should have known. Well, like, she, yeah, she should, Spice yeah. Girls. Yeah, come on. And then my, I guess my second concert then was the Backstreet Boys. Okay, here in that's Orlando. fun. Yeah. That's fun. At like a stadium or something big. Yeah, the big stadium. At the time. It was yeah. a time when like... XO 1067 is a big radio station down here with like Johnny's house and like yep. all the giveaways. So like my mom and I, we would always like call and try to win tickets. So we won tickets to see the Backstreet Boys. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Did you get to meet them or just? Right we didn't there? win that good. Got it. <laughs> but you were there. We just got tickets in the nosebleeds. Fun. My biggest crush on the Backstreet Boys is probably Brian. Which one was Brian. Um, the, <laughs> I think he was blonde. He's shorter, blonde. That, uh, oh, shorter. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. the short one. Yeah. You like the short Brian. one. Okay. <laughs> and you're the tall one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Oops>. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. You hit yeah. the microphone. Yeah. Um, I remember, let's see, Backstreet Boys. I remember that was Lance Bass or Nick Carter. Oh, that was Lance Bass and Nick Carter. No, 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 <laughs> no. That wasn't. was Nick Carter. Nick Carter was Backstreet Street Boys. Boys. Okay. With Brian. And then on NSYNC, you had JT, right. Lance Bass. And Lance Bass, okay. Yep. Yep. And some of them from NSYNC, they were both boy bands from Orlando. Yeah. They yeah, started they, they here. They started here, Lou the, Pearlman. Yeah, that was their manager. Yep. Funny, your first art gallery here in Orlando was, what was the building called? Um, Church Street Station, I think. Really pretty, right across the street from the current arena. Yep. And Lou Pearlman, um, I think he's passed he had his away office. now. Yeah, he was yeah. in prison last time I heard. It. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he's I think he passed yeah. away. He uh he had his offices there mm-hmm. and down in the basement was his giant like walk-in bank safe that uh the FBI like blew open during that whole investigation cuz he was embezzling like hundreds of millions of dollars from these you know, yeah. these poor kids on this board boy bands. And we used to go down there because it was it was just open and I had access to the building. So we would go down. It was really creepy. Wild. Crazy yeah. history here in Orlando. Yeah. We have Mickey Mouse and, and boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So NSYNC, Lance Bass. And I know a f- two of them like live here in Orlando. Um, one has a restaurant, but I yeah. can't remember his name. Was that Joey Fatone? Yes. Joey Fatone. I think he lives here. Or, yeah. Yeah. Funny, we I got some know. history here in Orlando. Yeah. Did well, you have any history. crushes? On the boy bands? Yeah. Not, no, not really. Because really? I, I really wasn't, it? yeah, I really wasn't listening to them at the time. Who was your first, like, childhood crush? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT really? Baby. What was he from? Home Improvement. You remember Home Improvement? Uh, just a uh, little bit. Best sitcom ever. Like, just a little yep, bit. He was, he was the middle child okay. on Home Improvement. So Tim Allen was the dad. Oh, yes, I know Patricia him, yeah. Richardson was the mom. And then there was uh, JTT as the middle son. And he was like a big heartthrob, I think, at the time. My mom actually bought me for Christmas one time a Jonathan Taylor Thomas calendar excuse me santa gave it to me my brother was cracking up he's older than me he was laughing so hard me i was like it's exactly what i wanted a jtt calendar calendar. that's so funny yeah when i was like oh 12 that's funny my childhood crush was they were always from the disney channel Oh, like yeah. motocross, yeah. Brink. But my big one, uh, he played Max on Hocus Pocus. Oh, I love that He was movie. like such a good brother and like so cool. That was like my first like okay. big TV childhood crush would be Max. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Well, I was 
what, I mean, I, I was a kid, so I mean, I was totally innocent, but I was madly in love with Simba from The Lion King. Well, <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but come to find out, Jonathan Taylor Thomas played the voice of Simba. Oh, so really? So no wonder why I was like... That, that's actually one of my favorite actually, movies, Lion it's King. It's my absolute favorite. It's so favorite. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. So fun. The Disney Channel. The Disney Were you Channel. ever into the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon? No, Nickelodeon. Okay. It was a big Yeah, because I'm nine years older than you. So it was like Disney Channel wasn't quite there yet, I don't think, when I was a kid. So fun. But I we had Nickelodeon. We had Nick at Night. I mean, you know, I grew up with more cartoons. It was like Scooby-Doo and stuff. It wasn't quite Barney and it wasn't okay. quite- I had Barney. Yeah, it wasn't quite the Disney Channel per se- at least not in my life. I mean, okay. I could be wrong. Boy bands and the Disney Channel growing up in the 90s. That was my life. In Orlando with yep. the boy bands. That's How old were you when you kind of, I guess, I mean, besides my going out on that date with Melanie, <laughs> other than that, like, that was just like a one-off. But people are like, how long have you been gay? Forever. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was born this way. I remember yeah. as early as third Everyone's grade. Everyone's born this way. No, no, oh, that's no, 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 the right. Let's get loud. <laughs> <laughs> Love Lady Gaga. I yeah. want to go to one of her concerts. That'd be so much fun. But that wasn't Lady Gaga. That was uh, uh, Born This Way. Born This oh, Way born is this Lady way. Gaga. Right, and then the, the Let's Get Loud. Was, let's well, because they both, yeah. Yeah. Because they both get loud. Let's get yeah. loud. Let's you get just do that loud. whenever the, you, there's a random moment. And you just say that, that. Like, let's get loud. Well, you do. I've noticed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember as far back as third grade being attracted to the other boys. Okay. Like in some, you know, whatever that means at the time. Yeah. But I just remember being attracted to boys as early as third grade. But I didn't actually come out until I was 21. Late. Yeah. It was a whole thing. I suppressed my feelings and really like just focused on school and work and tennis when I was younger was my obsession. Okay. And then when I had my health problems and had to quit tennis, I got into um, the internet and I started a little business. Um, and, and so that's all I focused on. And I honestly think a lot of that was because when I grew up, in there were, I, I did not know a single gay person. There was not a gay person at my high school. There was not a gay person in my community. I never met anyone who was gay. I grew up in Little Vera Beach, Florida, which is extremely, I wouldn't say it's overly religious, but it was very conservative. Okay. Very, very conservative. You know, um, my family's not religious, but they're quite conservative. They, I mean, they don't, they never knew any gay people either, you know? And so growing up, there was always this sort of unspoken stigma uh, against it. And so I just naturally sort of regressed all of those emotions and um, they didn't come out until my twenties. Wow. How was that experience coming out? Like, what was that like? Very difficult. It followed um, a lot of tragedy that I was experiencing in my life where I was sort of like, well, you know, s things are so crazy right now. Like I might as well stop lying to myself and others. And it was, I mean, it you know, you don't come out all at once. You first come out to yourself, right? right? Because it's so hard to admit to yourself that you're different. Um, once that happened and I started like, feeling and under, like really sorting through and understanding my feelings, the next step is you start coming out to people that you really trust. And at the time, I didn't have 
a whole lot of close friends because it was my early 20s and I had been traveling a lot. And, um, but there were certain people that I would come out to and I'd be like, okay, well, this isn't the end of the world, you know? And then I came out to my family and for the most part, it went okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, I think, a, a shock to them, especially because, again, they, they don't know any gay people. They only, right. you know, at the time heard what, you know, all the stigma was about or right. whatever, you know? And um, so it was, it was really tough and it was a long process. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that I, I wish I had come out when I was younger, but I realized that I really never had the opportunity to. It's wild, like, thinking back. It is. Because you're very, yeah. like, comfortable in your sexuality now. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate, too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy. So, you know, the, the, the few times I've had in my life where people really had clearly some sort of visceral reaction to, like, me being gay, they, they didn't give me much trouble. Yeah. You know, I, I feel fortunate about that. Um, I don't feel in today's day and age that I have to do anything to hide it. Right. But it, you know, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of time for you to feel comfortable yeah. with it, you know, especially when it was suppressed for so long. I'm so happy for a lot of the youth today who, you know, the world is becoming more accepting because they're being more exposed right. to people. I mean, you know, when, back when, you know, and I feel even, you know, I feel horrible for the people who came before me, right. you know, but even 10 years later, you know, for, well, you came out probably only a few years after me because you came out younger. Oh. Um, things were starting to get easier, but they're right. still, and they're still difficult today. Right. They are still hard today, but I feel like we're, we're moving in the right direction. And it's simply because people are just being exposed to more gay people and realizing, yeah. well, they're, they're just like, everybody, they're just as messed up as anybody else. Is, oh, you know? What? <laughs> No, we're definitely cool. We're well, we're cooler, obviously. <laughs> um, no, we're just like anyone else. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's all a matter of um, perspective, and and it was just it was a different time. Yeah, there's I think a lot more visibility nowadays, especially with social media, because growing up, you know, I just had you know MySpace. And I knew a few gay people like at my high school, but like today, a lot more people are are able to be open. There's still a lot of challenges, um, especially a lot of teenagers um, that come out that aren't in supportive families, you know, could right. come out homeless. Um, and there could still be a lot of trauma there. But from when you probably came out and then when I came out, you know, it was difficult, but it's getting a little easier. Yeah. And I mean, we have some friends who are older. They've been together for you know, 30 plus years, several couples yeah. that we've known throughout the years. Um, and what they went through, I can't even imagine. Right. I mean, and then people even before them. So, I mean, we're definitely, yeah, moving in the right direction. A big part of it though, tends to be the family and, and the community that you live in. Right. Because, you know, you, you know, some, some kids may have the sort of the privilege of being in a place that's very accepting, both in a family setting and just in their community, their school, it's part of the culture. And there's other parts of the country and other countries um, who, who unfortunately are, are less accepting. Um, and then of course there are probably parts of the world that are even more accepting than here right. in the United States. Yeah. But, um, 
things are moving in the right direction. Unfortunately, there's plenty of people out there that are trying to move them backwards, which is a whole nother topic. But um, at the end of the day, I just feel privileged that I have the ability to, um, to be married to you, the man that I love, <laughs> and, um, and to not live in fear because of that. And that's, that's really special. So you came out at 21. Was that when you had like your first like boyfriend at that time? Uh, or did you have before? That is a good question. Yeah. No, I didn't really have a boyfriend for a few years. Okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, single. It was really funny too, because, um, at the time, that was when now all of a sudden there was some social media and stuff. So yeah. you could start to meet people online and get to know people and like, you know, explore like what it, you know, what other people do. Um, but at the time, really, the big thing to do was to still go out. And okay. I didn't drink alcohol until I was 21. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I started was because I never felt comfortable going to gay bars, which is really interesting. Yeah. I hated it. And so I drank and then that ended up really kind of becoming a problem because that was the only way I could feel comfortable in those settings. Um, and then that's something that, you know, I, I dealt with later on, but, um, yeah, it was, it was still really, it was still really difficult at the time for me because coming out late, especially it was just, it was just awkward. Yeah. It was just very, very awkward, but I didn't have a, I didn't have a boyfriend, um, until a few years before I met you. And we've been together 10 years, so 26, yeah. maybe? How'd your family react? Um, not good at first. <laughs> um, not real well. Um, I wouldn't say they disowned me, but they certainly were like, they didn't know what to do, yeah. you know, at all. It was something where, um, you know, I love my family to death, but we don't talk about feelings a whole lot. Yeah. And I think it was just a shocker because we had never expressed a lot of emotion. And then all of a sudden I sort of poured all this emotion out and they didn't know how to deal with that. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a product of the circumstance of just the fact that we had never been an overly emotional family. We're very much a loving family and mm -hmm. we care about each other a lot, but we never typically expressed like the details of what all that meant. And so when I came out, it was, uh, it was challenging. Do you have girlfriends? I did. I had two girlfriends. Okay. Um, both of which at one point in the relationship asked me if I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why are you not doing Why are you not making advances on me? Are you gay? Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you, you know, know you, the more yeah. you know, and yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's wow. true. So, yeah. How about you? Okay, thank you so much. It's the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so my story is a little bit different okay. than yours. I didn't come out. It just kind of happened. Everyone just kind of found out. So let me spill the tea. I wish there was Prosecco in here, but it's just water. Mm. <laughs> okay, so what happened was my parents were out of town and I was at home and my cousin, I was 15. I don't know why I had a babysitter. Um, my cousin, You had a babysitter? Right, right. Wait, you're talking about Brittany? Yes. Was babysitting you at 15? Yes. Because you were getting into trouble. That's Stop. why. Stop. <laughs> and my cousin, I was 15, like I have a permit, uh, was babysitting me. And this one guy came over to the house and she saw me kiss him in my driveway. And that's when 
all of it came out. Oh boy! So of course, uh, my cousin had to report this incident <laughs> to my parents, and from then it was just life changing, and definitely not in the best way. So right after my parents came out. I was pulled out of my high school, which I was in the health academy at Seminole High School, and taken out of lunch. Uh, my mom came and got me really? out of like lunch. Really, like that yeah. moment, she went down to the school and the next she you. came back the next day. Wow. Yeah, and nabbed me like she just walked on property and was like, "I didn't even get to clean up my lockers or nothing." So my best friends Kim and Haley um, wow. got to had to clean up my lockers, but I was taken like right across the street to this like counseling therapist that taught you know conversion therapy so trying mm. to change someone's sexuality and then from his clinic i was taken all the way down to the other side of the county into lake county and i went was enrolled at mount dora christian home and bible school oh that'll fix it yeah totally for sure so then i was there and during that time i was put through I had a lot of counselors uh, that were focused on gay conversion therapy, and I was also put in the Exodus International Freedom Program. They are now closed their doors. There were a lot of lawsuits um, against them, but they were actually based in Orlando. So I was put through the Exodus Conversion Therapy Program, which you kind of go away to this camp, and there are speakers. And I was a minor at the time, so I went from I was 15 until 18 to the Exodus program. And on top of that, just seeing counselors, the president of Exodus International um, actually had an office here in Orlando. That's kind of where they were based. So between school, I would be a part of the Exodus program and I had online counselors and wow. crazy, just wild stuff. Um, and then once Mount Dora Christian Home and Bible found out I was gay, I was put at another school, Lake Murray Prep, and then once they found out I was gay there, uh, I got to go back to Seminole High School where I started to do my last year as a senior and um, graduate from there. And, you know, keep in mind, this is five years after I came out. Okay. Right? Because you came out, you know, well, I mean, you, 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 not by choice, but you came yeah. out 15. I'm nine years older than you, and I came out like 20. So, yeah, I mean, it was about five years after I came out and yeah. that's, um, and still, I mean, the fact that schools and stuff are like kicking you out and right. all this stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about Exodus? Like what exactly does that, what was the program? What were they? Yeah. So pray the gay uh, away? it's kind of, yeah. Pray the gay away. Um, there are a lot more, um, programs that are out there that are like more underground and just awful, horrible. I mean, Exodus was definitely uh, not a good program, but it was more, you know, verbal kind of abuse and manipulation um, for four years. So they would just tell you that you could change. They would have these speakers that would come that say they were gay and now they're married and have kids that are coming out now saying, no, I am gay. You know, it was a bad program. Right. That's why they closed their doors. Um, so a lot of trauma and a lot of trauma that I didn't realize that I still kind of have and carry today. And I don't think about that. So um, I have been seeing counselors, you know, since all this therapy, especially into adulthood, that kind of work with me on anxiety from it all and just EMDR therapy, which yep. I've gone through recently, um, to just bring up some of the things I went through at Exodus and with my parents and stuff at the time. Um, wow. Yeah. That's that's why, you know, I've, I was very 
much alone through my journey. You know, I mean, I, I started to make friends and stuff, but like, I mean, it was, I had no, I had no, um, I had no role models to go off of. I didn't have anyone I could confide in. You, on the other hand, almost the, not only were you alone, but you had an entire team of people telling you how horrible it was that you were feeling those things. And yet you made it through. Yeah. I'm very lucky to, you know, make it through the program and out on the other side. Um, it, it was, it's kind of sad. Cause like my biggest supporter has been my grandmother, Nan. And, you know, during that time I, you know, couldn't see her for two years. I was away from my best friends, especially when I was, uh, at Mount Dora Christian home and Bible school, but all just very traumatic. And I just feel for, you know, all the kids out there that are still experiencing these type of therapies and put through these type of programs um, to change something about them that, you know, they were born with and should be celebrated. Um, So, yeah, and I Um, guess at the same time, you know, besides for Ellen, you know, coming out and being LGBTQ, there weren't that many other role models uh, I would see on television. No, there weren't any. I, I don't remember anybody who was out. Ellen was a real sort of steward at the yep. time of showing that you can you can be out and be successful. I think yeah. that was one piece to it. Um, now we're starting to see very slowly athletes come out, yep. um, which I think is sort of the next sort of the next iteration. Um, you know, obviously um, everything is a, a spectrum. That's right. kind of the big, yeah. you know, the, the big thing. It's it's great because it allows you to visualize, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, that things are not as black and white as often society would like. Yeah, for sexuality you to, and gender. Yep. Um, everything's definitely on a spectrum, a lot more fluid, yep. especially the Gen Z generation, I think feels yeah. comfortable and they're connected in ways that we didn't have access to, um, to be able to have support if they're not getting that from their family and friends. So it's just really cool being able to see people live their truth and be out and be loud and be proud. You know, I didn't go to my first Pride, oh, until I was in nursing school. I went to yeah. LA Pride. Yeah. Um, so like you, you know, you didn't really go to the gay clubs at that time. I, you know, wasn't able to really celebrate myself um, until later on in my adulthood. Um, when I turned 18, it was so weird. I was supposed to go back into Exodus again that summer. And because I turned 18, I'm like, I ain't going back. <laughs> and I was <laughs> so you. happy uh, I didn't, you know, go back. Yeah. Well, me too. I, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I know that, um, in fact, a lot of states have outlawed that type of therapy yes. because it's so damaging to, yep. to these, these poor kids. Yeah, no, totally. I think a lot of states, probably even Florida, still allow gay conversion therapy. And I think as nurses and advocates, we have to make sure that that ends, that there's no more conversion therapy because it's so much trauma on these minors and kids that, you know, um, should be able to be who they are and be able to explore. Yeah. Um, What do you think the, you know, relating this back to the nursing profession, do you feel that the nursing profession as a whole has really embraced um the care for no LGBT. i think there's still a long way to go i think uh, when it comes to minorities and different groups uh different populations um i think there's still racism and homophobia 
Um, and, and it's it's all implicit bias. Like people don't realize that it's still there, and yet it is very much still a real thing. Right. So I think nursing has still a long way to go, and that's what nursing is all about: learning. You know, we take cultural. Um, competency classes. And really, it should be cultural humility because you should never be competent in that. You should always be learning and evolving and adapting. Um, but I feel like in order to be at the place where we need to be, we need to have these groups represented in the nursing profession. So we need these you know, minority yep. groups um, as nurses going to nursing school because the population of nurses should match the population of those we're caring for. Yeah, we looked at some studies not too long ago and I was shocked at how it, you know, the, the profession of nurse, nurses do not represent no. <laughs> the true diversity of this country. Right. I haven't looked at other countries, but, yeah. um, you know, it skewed, you know, very much white. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's something that, that is, is perhaps something that could be improved upon that, like you said, would really help the patients shift. at the end of the day, exactly. you know, and, and just ourselves, cause we're all human too. And we want right. to see that we're represented, uh, which is why it's so important about visibility, but things like, um, making nurses, even though they've been nurses for 30 years, go and get their bachelor's, um, degree. I, I think it's pushing a lot of of especially minority groups or um, you know people that may not have funding to go and get their bachelor's or because right. nursing school is already so expensive and while they may have an ADN program available you know if they don't get their bachelor's you know what does that mean so I think it definitely it's a few steps backwards you know it, I think that that nursing needs to allow you know for more you know minorities and other groups to get into the profession without having yeah. roadblocks like you have to get your BSN. Yeah, that seems like an interesting um, turn of events recently in the profession that that nurses who have been RNs for so long are sort of being pressured to go back to get a bachelor's right. degree in nursing when, I mean, come on, the reality is they could probably talk circles yeah. around the new the new right. grads, nothing against the new grads, but yeah, I mean, that's just the way, sure. that's the way a profession works, you know? Yeah. Um, so you feel that that, is almost the wrong direction. Not not specifically to the fact that we need to have more education in nursing, right. but that that doesn't, but that negatively impacts this issue of having more diversity within nursing. A hundred percent, for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, access to education, access to funds. You know, I was very privileged to be able to get a big portion of my college paid for. Um, you know, so that was very nice, and a lot of other people don't have that. So. Right. Could I have gone on to get my bachelor's if I didn't have those resources? You know, um, would I just, you know, be able to get my ADN or whatever? And I, yeah. I think that we need to advocate, you know, for for everyone and for a profession, you know, as a whole. Because at the end of the day, we're all nurses, whether you're an LPN, LVN, RN, ADN, or BSN. Um, yet we need to celebrate each other and our differences. And I think that's what makes us really a stronger um, team, a stronger, you know, nursing community, which is why I love NurseCon. So as a part of NurseCon, the membership organization, we actually have different groups. And one of those groups is the LGBTQ plus group. So if you're yep. an LGBTQ plus member or you're, or if you are LGBTQ, you can become a member to NurseCon or if you're an ally and want to join that group, we have some great discussions and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, within NurseCon, we have all these different groups where you can interact with life, like-minded members. And the LGBTQ plus uh, group is one of the most active. Yeah, we have really great conversations. Yep. And, you know, a lot of our, our members will actually display like a rainbow flag on their badge when they're at work because that visibility lets your patients know that, you know, number one, you're a part of their community and that you could look out for them. Because still a lot of groups... Um, fail or don't want to seek medical attention because of racism or homophobia right. or transphobia. I know even being a nurse and when doctors find out I'm gay or LGBTQ, you know, they say things that are very inappropriate that yep. aren't caring. And me, even as a nurse, have had to go and seek out other medical doctors or providers that, you know, um, make it more comfortable for me. So people that don't have a medical background, I'm sure it's a lot harder for them um, to go out and seek care and to feel comfortable. And it's our job as nurses to make sure everyone is comfortable no matter what their background is. That's a great point. I remember after coming out, how difficult it was to find a primary care provider that yeah. actually would see me in a way that I felt comfortable with, right? Yeah. And so the challenge was, I wasn't going to the doctor as much, mm -hmm. which is a problem, yeah, right? I for mean, sure. And, and a lot of that was, again, you know, lack of education on their part, yeah. their bias coming into their practice, making the patient feel uncomfortable, which in turn, you know, makes the, the patient want to seek care less, which yeah. at the end of the day is not healthy for anyone. We want people to seek care. Yes. We want to see you all the time. We want to make sure you're super healthy. We don't just want you to come in when there's a problem. We want to prevent problems from happening in the first place. And I think it's our job, no matter which community that we're a part of, that we learn about other communities and how we you know, can make them feel comfortable and cared for and advocate for them. Because um, I definitely think we have a, a, a long way to go. And I feel like COVID has brought a lot of these disparities to life. And I think it's our job to learn from them to, to make it better for everyone. Yeah, access to care for all sorts of different populations based on not just financial consequence, but perhaps religion, sexuality, et cetera, yeah. is so important. Yeah, no, totally. I know one of our favorite shows we're watching now where I get a lot of inspiration from is <gasps> RuPaul. Oh, yeah. Oh, Drag Race. We're watching oh RuPaul's gosh. Drag Race right now. I think it's season 13. I am Team Simone. I am Team Got Mick. Yeah, I love Simone. I know. She's, She's amazing. The Got looks, it. amazing. Yeah. Makeup, amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited for the finale. Yep. But when I look at, you know, someone who's a part of my community that I really look up to, um, it's definitely RuPaul. The way he makes other people and queens feel really comfortable. You could tell he cares yep. about, about the drag queens and the people that are on the show. And one of my favorite things they do at the end when they have like a top three or top four, like he shows a picture of them and they have to like tell- When they were a child. When they were a child and they have to speak to their former selves. It's- so sweet. I was tearing up last night. I'm telling you. Yeah. When we were listening to Simone, oh my goodness. So, so good. sweet. So now it's your turn. For what? What would you tell your former, your child self? Oh gosh. Um, I wish I had a baby picture of you, but yeah, I don't. Well, and I wish I'd prepared for this because I'm pretty sure they all prepare because they know it's coming. Um, I would tell my former self, just don't worry what anyone else says. You know, be you are a strong person. You are a strong individual. You're stronger than you know. And when you come out, people will accept you. Aww. You just have to find that courage from within. 
and do it sooner. I waited far too Aww, long. I, I waited that. for tragedy to bring out who I really was. And in retrospect, it makes me sad, you know, because it's something, who I am is something that I should have celebrated, but I, but I didn't have the confidence because I didn't, I wasn't in an environment that was confident. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I don't blame myself. You know, I've gotten through that. I did for a long time. I'm like, why did you wait so long? That's just, that's, you know, you could have been yourself so much earlier because look, people are willing to accept you, even though it's challenging. Um, the reality was it just really wasn't possible. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I look at it at least. I what would that. you tell yourself? Oh, no, I need to prepare. No, no, I no. I just literally thought of no, that, no, no, like, no, no. as we were talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. And? What? What would you tell your younger self? Who, me? Yeah. You want me to go? You're going to do so good. Stop. I'm so There's worried. No pressure. I'm so worried for oh you right gosh, now. Oh, my gosh, what do I do? Um, so I would tell my younger self, don't look at me when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll look away. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? Um, I would tell my younger self that it's going to be hard and challenging, and people are going to tell you it's not okay to be who you are. Um, and that you just at the end of the day, you know, really have to, to be yourself and love yourself and not care about what people who don't like you even think of you and really, um, learn who your true family is. And, you know, I don't know what else I'm going to say. <laughs> Come on, finish it off. Finish. <laughs> Punchline. I don't just like, it's not going to be easy, but no, like you're going to be okay. I, my 30th birthday is coming up soon. And I remember one of my family members telling me I wasn't going to live till 30. So it's like super big birthday for me. Aww, I love yeah. that baby. Well, you are thriving. Thank because you. Because you are yourself. <laughs> I, thank you so much. Why did we have to do that? Oh my Why God, was that so my emotional. idea? I want to give a huge shout out to the Zebra Coalition. They are actually an organization here in Orlando that support uh, LGBTQ plus youth ages 13 to 24. They uh, have a little like house. It's adorable. Um, down here off mills, and they offer mental health and support services. Their counseling services are tailored to benefit LGBTQ plus youth and strengthening their relationships and family bonds by providing an open and supportive environment. If you want to donate to them, you could visit zebrayouth.org backslash donate. That's zebrayouth.org backslash donate. We're actually going to donate $500 to them. Um, we're going to do f uh, $25 gift cards. Um, so they could give to their youth in crisis Aww, that's yeah, awesome. that need some meals. Yeah, they're a really cool organization. We first met them back when we were doing Band for Life. Um, oh my gosh. That was like eight years Seven, ago. Seven, eight years That'll ago. That'll be its own episode. Yeah. Yeah. Really great organization. So if you yeah. want to go out there and support them as they do great work here uh, throughout the Central Florida area, uh, zebrayouth.org. And I also encourage you to find similar organizations within your um, local area as well, because the, these small yep. organizations exist everywhere. And they do so much. They do so much, and they're not often talked about. And so I encourage you to go online and search for um, for your local Zebra Coalition. I don't know what they'd be called, but um, yeah. youth 
uh, LGBT centers. Yeah, for sure. A lot of grassroots, you know, movement that, that need a lot of support. So definitely go and find those out. And also look up if your state or county, if they still allow gay conversion therapy, um, look for a petition and definitely advocate uh, against that. So they end gay conversion therapy programs because it was something that, you know, is super tragic and causes a lot of trauma. Yeah. I would love to see those all ended. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> Me too. I want to get into some shout outs, but but before I get into the shout outs, we do have a question from Cassie from Finland. Oh, fun. <gasps> That's a good question. Can you please talk about your own experiences and different attitudes you've been involved with with being gay and working in healthcare? Um, great question. So I have worked in Texas and South Carolina. Um, especially in South Carolina, kind of the Bible Belt in Greenville. And, you know, there are patients that, you know, don't want a gay person caring for them. So I have been fired by a patient before for being gay. And it's very easy to get, you know, uh, feel, you know, attacked by that. But at the end of the day, if a patient doesn't want your care, you have other patients, you know, that want you that you need to provide really good care for. So don't ever get discouraged by that. And always be true to yourself and who you are. I've always felt comfortable at work being myself. And if there's an employee or patient that doesn't like it, you know, that's not on me because this is who I am and I'm going to accept you for whoever you are. So definitely be visible. Don't be shy. HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, actually has uh, the Healthcare Equality Index. You could actually look at the hospital you work at and see how supportive they are to LGBTQ plus employees, staff members, and also patients, and they're scored. And I don't think the hospitals here in Orlando are a part of that, so... Yeah, I think they have to volunteer to be a part of that, right? Yep, to be for scored. sure. So yeah. if your hospital isn't scored, definitely challenge them to be involved. Make a committee. Yeah, do a do Committee. committee. If you don't know what to do, start a committee, join an LGBTQ plus group. And also you could join NurseCon too and be a visible member in that community. Absolutely. Shout outs. Shout Oops. outs. Let's do it. Shout outs. And also talk about NurseCon at Sea while I do these shout outs. Oh yeah. Let me tell you about NurseCon at Sea. So starting on April 16th, yep. NurseCon at Sea 2022 is going on sale. Uh, I'm so excited. You know, obviously we're coming out of this pandemic um, and NurseCon at Sea is the ultimate nursing conference. Uh, we started this journey a couple years ago and 2022 is going to be incredible. It's on the Royal Caribbean Freedom of the Seas. We're bringing two drag queens on and we're going to have like drag brunch. It's gonna be They're so going to be fun. our NurseCon at Sea queens. Yep. Ah. Yep. Uh, there's going to be so much entertainment. Meetups. Uh, we've got ed education, of course, yep. but we've got incredible parties. We've got all sorts of activities. We've got game shows. We're doing a scrub fashion show that people be can there. be involved in. A talent show. So I is cannot, he going to sing? I'm not going to sing, but mm. I can't wait to see. <laughs> We're going to be doing our podcast, for, recording do, it live. Yep, right yep. up on stage in the. There's a 1400 seat theater uh, on this ship, and we have the entire ship for over 4,000 nurses. It'll it's already 85 percent sold out. So visit nurseconnetc.com for info. And we'd love to see. I'm you already the show. counting down the days. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. Emily, she wants to shout out to her amazing mother, Melissa, who has been a nurse for almost 20 years. She encouraged me through rough patches when I went to nursing school. Michaela, Nurse M, she wants to shout out to her best friends, Kristen and B, Nurse K and Nurse B. Uh, I'm Nurse B. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, couldn't do nursing school without you both, especially in a pandemic. I love you both and can't wait to graduate together in June. That's 
That's so exciting. Jolene wants a shout out to C7 Oncology Nurses at Vic in London, Ontario, Canada. My C7 family is the absolute best. Darby wants a shout out to her amazing sister, Emily, who's a night shift nurse in New Hampshire. I miss you so much and please move to Alabama and work with me. She loves you. (laughs) And then the last one, uh, Megan says, I work night shift and my boyfriend woke me up after my alarm went off Mm -hmm. and he had a coffee for me waiting in the fridge. He did all the right things without even listening to your last podcast on relationships. Uh, So I know he's a keeper. So Megan's boyfriend, keep up the good work. Actually, episode six is going to be all about night shifts. Oh, I can't So I am so excited. So thank you all so much for watching and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and download the podcast wherever they are available. Which is everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Y'all are awesome. Don't forget to be yourself. Stay amazing. I love you all. Until next time. Bye. Bye. You can't love yourself and you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. Can I get an amen? Amen. RuPaul. (laughs) 